Did you ever wonder if it were possible to have great conversations in a relaxed and friendly environment? If you did, welcome to Hanging Out with Eluka on The Eclectic. The Eclectic is a weekly podcast where we discuss a variety of issues bordering on different aspects of life and its intricacies. So join us as together we embark on this journey towards making life-changing discoveries. discoveries, discoveries. Hi guys, welcome to another exciting episode of Hanging Out with Eloka on the Eclectic. It's episode 4 on the series Disability Rights Advocacy Program and we are still having these conversations around persons with disability and their experience with disability-based violence. I have Lucky Pastor joining me today again and together we shall be having this conversation. Lucky? Yep. Welcome back. Thank you. So, disability-based violence. Oh yeah. What really? What, what, <laughs> what really? What really is about disability-based violence? We keep talking on and on and on, and advocating for it. Mm. Well, um, like we've said in our first um, three episodes, we've actually talked about how we've had experiences with people who have these experiences firsthand. Mm. You know, and um, so disability-based violence simply is um, any violence. Um, perpetrated against an individual as um, a result of his or her disability. So if you're blind and someone is abusing you based on that, you're deaf, you're in a wheelchair, and you've been abused based on that, it's uh, what we are looking at as a disability-based violence. So um, today, we have a wonderful guest with us. As always, driving oh, yeah. conversations. <laughs> well, the, the, the idea behind all this advocacy we're doing is to try to raise the level of awareness oh, yeah. let people know that these things are wrong and mm-hmm. you know persons with disability are actually just as human as you are and as grace jerry said in our first episode if it hasn't reached you it hasn't passed you by so always try to we watch out for uh, two, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right before we get to meet our guests we'll take a message from our partners ifa with support from Ford Foundation. Please don't go away. Did Did you know know that disability-based violence refers to any form of violence that targets individuals or groups on the basis of their disabilities? This This may include exclusion, name-calling, humiliation, discrimination, denial of opportunities and access to education, health and other services. Do you also know that more than 30 million persons with disabilities in Nigeria experience these negative stereotypes every day without social justice? Join the Inclusive Friends Association with the support of Ford Foundation in building a community where persons with disabilities are protected and afforded equal opportunities to, 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 thrive. to thrive. Hashtag Amplifying Voices. 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 Alright guys, welcome back from that short break. Like I said before, we went on that break. No, Lucky said not me. We have a wonderful guest. (laughs) We have a wonderful guest joining us. Yes, he's wonderful actually because uh, in this part of the world, Abuja actually to be precise, where we are, we've had cases of um, 
visually impaired teachers who are not allowed to attain the position our guest has in his own state. You do not let them attain position of um, leadership, I think. I think that that's the best way to describe mm, it. Mm. You know, to be head teachers of schools, vice, vice principals and all that. They don't let them attain those um, positions. But our guest, interestingly, who happens to be Mr. Ibrahim Umar Abdul Karim, is the vice principal admin school for the blind in Canon State, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. In Canon State. So, Mr. Ibrahim, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you very much indeed. Ah, I like your voice. I hope it's safe to say that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah. What what what's the secret behind this voice? It it, it doesn't sound Nigerian. It sound actually. British, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, that's how um, uh, lucky Pastor has been saying that um, I have a sort of British accent, and I told him in the voice notes that I left that. Um, I, the secret behind this is um, the, for the fact that I listen to the BBC a lot yeah. and other um, foreign radio stations and I try to emulate how they speak especially when it comes to reading news and presenting programs and um, the same thing happened when I was at the University of Manchester um, our course director was asking and she was saying hey Ibrahim your voice sounds not like a Nigerian and I told her that um, I was listening to the BBC and she went oh uh, no wonder then. So uh, that is just how I speak. I learned from listening a lot to shortwave radio sessions like the BBC World Service, the Voice of America, Deutsche Welle, and all other foreign stations. And I try to improve on it. And so it is with my reading. When you hear me reading, uh, you think that it's, um, it's somebody from the BBC reading uh, the world news. But uh, it's, it's just a mere Ibrahim. Doing <laughs> Very impressive, actually. And, and it's entirely more impressive to know that you are from the northern part of Nigeria, you know, where I, we I, have. Uh, <laughs> I, used to like, I used to like the accents of those educated, ones, just like he is actually. There's, there's this, there's this rhythm to the way they mm. speak, and then not, not, not the FIFA and the. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we can't say we can't say FIFA. Problem. That's great. That's great, sir. Alright, you're welcome, sir. Yeah. So, so, yes, sir. So, so we understand you are visually impaired. You're actually a person with disability. Yeah, I, I'm a person with visual impairment. Uh, to describe my vision loss, I'm completely blind or totally blind, as uh, others may say. Okay. Um, I lost I lost my sight as a result of a playmate of mine hitting my left eye with a plastic cup when we were playing at the tender age of three. I was born uh -oh. in 1970 uh -oh. to, to begin with. And, uh, as a result of um, the cup being used in hitting my left eye, I was rushed to a Sudanese eye hospital where my eyes were examined and uh, as a result of the cup using hitting my eye, um, I could see little, but gradually it deteriorated and went to the stage of not seeing at all. So um, my mother, who by then um, was taking care of me, uh, was sort of saying, how could she make do with someone who cannot see? So um, they advised her, because luckily there was a school for the blind established by the Sudanese Interior Mission, 
a school for the blind closer to that hospital where I had my eye surgery. Okay. So I was taken to that school. I was taken to that missionary school, and um, that was how I began my formal Western education uh, at that school, Sudanese Interior Mission uh, School for the Blind, in 1977. I started school. Uh, when uh, two years after, when the school was closing down because um, our proprietress was uh, Floridian, one lady from Florida in the USA called Miss Elna Foshi. When she completed her missionary activities, um, after 40 years stay in Nigeria, mm. she was going to go home. Okay. So um, we were given we were given letters of transfer to mm. go to school for, school for blind children in Gindri in Plateau State. Mm. Um, that was how I, I continued my studies to 1983 when I passed out from the primary school and uh, joined Nakam Memorial Secondary School in Panyam in Plateau State. Okay. Uh, and it was the first. It was the first time that I attended the first uh, mainstream integrated mm. school. Mm. That is, um, I was able right? to study at, at, alongside with the sighted majority. Mm, yeah. Uh, so um, uh, in that school, I studied with sighted people. I had friends and. Um, uh, some were helping me, some were discriminating against me, as we'll talk about it uh, in, the, in the future. Okay. But all the same, I passed out in, in 1988, sitting in for the general certificate examinations, but then there wasn't anything called NACO. Mm. So um, I, passed, I passed with five credits, a pass okay. and a failure. Uh, and um, after two years waiting for our results to come out, um, I gained admission into Kaduna Polytechnic, where I studied special education visual handicap option uh, for a diploma um, certificate. So I did the national diploma in 1991 to August 1992. Okay. And after that, I had to stay at home for five years before okay. I got my one and only job uh, as a special education teacher in special education school to the Maliki, not blind school per se, because okay. they um, offer admissions to blind and deaf students. Oh, okay. The blind students are their section, and the deaf students are their own section as well. Um, sorry, sorry, no, sorry, sorry to cut you. Sorry to cut you. When you say the blind are their right. section and the deaf are their section, it means um, they were not taught in the same classroom. Okay. They were not taught in the same classroom, yeah. Okay. Uh, they, they have their own section. There's the deaf section, the blind section. Oh, okay. uh, uh, separated. But, but uh, the same compound. Yeah, in the same compound. That's okay. correct. Okay. In the same compound. Okay. So, um, three years into my service, I, I, I gained an in-service training that allowed me to um, go to Bayeri University here in Kano, where I studied special education and uh, history for a combined honor. Okay. Because they want someone to uh, come out with uh, a teaching subject. So that's why I picked history and uh, so much love history. So in 2004, when um, I was through with my first degree, I became the best student of uh, special education graduates of 2004. Oh, wow. With the 3.72 CGPA. Oh, wow. And, um, yeah. 
that allowed me to continue my work in the same school, um, that is a special education school to the Maliki. Mm. Then uh, a couple of years after, I applied for um, a master's degree at the University of Manchester in Northwest England. Mm. Um, in 2006, when I applied, they gave me what they call a letter of unconditional admission. But unfortunately, I did not have a sponsor. So I asked them to defer my okay. admission letter to uh, the, the next year, which they did. And by then, I um, was able to get a Shivening scholarship that uh, sponsored my studies. Um, I attended the, the interview, uh, and we were among the first 11 students in Nigeria who passed the interview and who were offered scholarship. I was the only blind person um, who gained um, that scholarship to study at the University of uh, Manchester. And I remember, by then there was a KLM flight here in Kano. Mm. Uh, so um, we, we booked uh, a flight from Kano to Amsterdam and from Amsterdam to Manchester directly. So um, I actually went to Manchester on the 28th of September 2007 and uh, uh, having that Nigerian attitude thinking that uh, lectures would not start on time <laughs> I was so surprised when <laughs> I, was, I was very surprised when after, after I was offered a um, um, call of accommodation that is imagine. room of uh, accommodation mm. our course director came one Dr. Susie Miles came um, I hugged her and uh, I, she said, oh, I'm happy to meet you, Ibrahim. Uh, my name is Susie Miles. So um, these are the course outline. So we, we will have lectures on the 1st of October. No time to rest at all. I said, my goodness, what am I going to, to do? Well, um, I did attend the lecture because uh, I was provided with support workers. I was provided support workers. Oh, really? Those wow. who would take me to, yeah, those who would take me to lecture hall and wow. um, take me back to my hostel of residence. Uh, those who would do the reading for me. Wow, those really? Those who take me shopping, should I want to go shop. Wow. Um, those who will take me to the library if there were any assignments. Wow. Uh, um, they, uh, I, I used to do it. And, you know, British Council bought me many things, many equipment for the blind among which uh, were the Braille note is just like a, a, a laptop, but it displays characters in Braille. It's mm. called Braille note uh, Empower BT, and the information about it can be got from www.humanware.com. You get wow. some information about Braille note Empower BT, but now they have they have changed. They have metamorphosed, I can say, mm. into um, Braille note Touch. It's just um, a, a touch screen Braille node, but it displays Braille characters on the screen of the mm-hmm. computer. And it costs any, um, uh, the amount costs up to like 2 million to 2.2 million. Really? It's something that a blind person will have to breathe hard before he gets. Mm. Uh, but when it was when it was called uh, Braille Node Empowerability, British Council bought it for me at the rate of 4,195 pounds. And I got all this support, um, ranging from support for workers to equipment, um, which made me my studies to, to, to go well. I mean, I was sort of comparing studies there to studying here, and I found that 
Emilius, please. Let, let me let me just talk to you. All of these, all of these are provision given to you, like the the aid to the library, the aid to the class, the aid to your dormitory, the aid to uh, for your shopping, and all of these aids given to you. Whether given to you as a result of the scholarship you got, or that is the system in the university or the country you studied. Yeah, it's as a result of the scholarship, and because all of the uh, support workers that I, I was provided with mm. were paid monthly, so it's as a result of the scholarship. Okay, so the scholarship uh, made provision for that, money. not that the school yeah. had that system. Um, yeah, uh, well, it's the, the scholarship that one enjoys uh, that to uh, make provision for all these, mm, but the okay. school's responsibility is, is to get the right people to. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. That is, yeah, yeah, but they are paid by the sponsors. Oh, uh, okay. Especially the British Council paid for all my support workers. Mm. Yeah, and um, they always hold assessment uh, meeting on me to know how far I've fared with my studies, whether I needed any support or wow. I didn't need any support. And um, uh, being somebody who likes working with a guy team, I said I needed a cane. And to my chagrin, oh, sorry, to my to to my um, uh, felicity, so to say, that is uh, uncontrolled uh, happiness. I was bought one of the canes that I never dream of having. It, it is called an ultra cane, and that ultra cane is a cane like the traditional collapsible white cane mm -hmm. that you move about with. But when you come close to an object, it emits some vibration to mm -hmm. allow you that there is um, an obstacle close by. Uh, for you to be able to avoid. Okay. Uh, uh, my studies went very, very smoothly. Unlike uh, my studies in, in, I mean, from the secondary school, I can say, to the university here in Nigeria. Uh, my studies went very, very well. Definitely. Hold your thoughts. We need to take another break and uh, we okay. continue. Yes, after this short break, we need to get a message from uh, our partners IFA in uh, with support from uh, Ford Foundation. So, please stay with us. Did you know that disability-based violence refers to any form of violence that targets individuals or groups on the basis of their disabilities? This may include exclusion, name-calling, humiliation, discrimination, denial of opportunities, and access to education, health, and other services. Do you also know that more than 30 million persons with disabilities in Nigeria experience these negative stereotypes every day without social justice? Join the Inclusive Friends Association with the support of Ford Foundation in building a community where persons with disabilities are protected and afforded equal opportunities to, to, to thrive. Hashtag Amplifying Voices. 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 Alright guys, welcome back from that short break We've been speaking with Mr. Ibrahim And he's been speaking to us about his experience as a visually impaired person His studies in the UK and all of that But what's really interesting, uh, which I'd want to take you up on now sir, Is the fact that you talked about the educational system there being different from what you have here And since we're, dis we're dealing with uh, disability-based violence uh, 
The first question I would ask on this subject would be, how different would you see the culture when it comes to acceptance of persons with disability is over there in the UK and right here in Nigeria? Well, um, over there in the UK, um, I can say that um, the associations for different persons with uh, different disabilities uh, united and so came up with uh, what is called discrimination, that's Disability Discrimination Act of uh, 1992 okay. and in that act yeah, they, they uh, made it known to all Britons uh, and, and to their government that uh, persons with disabilities are the same with the able-bodied and so there was no no need of uh, showing any um, discrimination against a person with disability just for the nature of his special need and so you know honestly the, the Europeans welcomed that idea so much so when I happened to be there, I was not discriminated against for any reason. I was not discriminated against because of my visual impairment. Neither was I discriminated against because of my skin yeah, color. Race, no. country, uh, not, not even because of, uh, of, of my nationality. Mm. Because um, they embraced me. I mean, um, with the way I speak English, they, they always want to, to come close to me and um, they were wondering, you know, i give you an example of Dr. Susie Miles saying that um, how how come I could speak English like um, the natives here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they felt very happy um, uh, communicating with me. So that that makes um, uh, livelihood in the UK to be very very pleasant in comparison to livelihood for persons with visual impairments and other disabilities in developing countries like Nigeria. Nigeria. Now speaking speaking of Nigeria. Let's talk about your experience here in Nigeria. Um, you you lost your sight at the age of three, give or take, and you had to right. you had to go have virtually all your education as a visually impaired person. So, as briefly as possible, how would you share? How would you describe your experience when it comes to um, discrimination in the place of, in your in your school, the schools you attended, and your current place of work actually? You know, I gave an example earlier when I was introducing, right here in Abuja, we've had a case of three different people who had attained the level of um, uh, principal, yes, yeah. and they were denied those positions on account of their visual impairment. They were actually told that a visually impaired person cannot head a school. Mm. Yeah. Right, um, what I can say here is that... Uh, um, here in Nigeria, I'm so sorry to say um, that even though there could be good people who show their concern to persons with visual impairment and other disabilities, uh, I believe uh, the majority are, are, are that bad. Um, in many instances, when I was in, I mean, starting from the secondary school I attended, there were people who were just jealous because of my academic performance. Okay. They were jealous. Okay. They always ascribe it to maybe the favoritism. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, I can yeah. relate. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, that, that's what happened. That was what happened mm. in, in my secondary school and especially in the university mm. because mm. Um, the the most of the students in the university I, I completed as Bar University candidates. Mm. So I mean. 
I am in good terms with a, a certain professor now uh, <laughs> that I always buy perfumes and give him. That's why he scores my. He scores me. I mean, gives me high scores. Why don't Why don't he buy and give to him <laughs> so that he could get that high scores? Yeah. That, that, that was the question I asked them, and they, they provided no answer to me. <laughs> they, they didn't give me any answer. So well, um, in 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 this country, many people. I don't think whether they are that um, literate to know the importance of persons with vision impairments. Now, literate here means being um, uh, uh, versed in the religious mm. knowledge. Mm. Because in the, in the Christian religion, if one is a true Christian, and one always reads the Bible, one frequents the Bible, he will know that in John chapter 9, Jesus' disciples were asking Jesus when they saw Bartimaeus coming close to him, shouting, um, um, Son of David, have mercy on me. They came to him and were asking, Whose fault was it that this person became blind? Was it his fault or the fault of his uh, family? Mm. But Jesus said it was neither his fault, yeah. or no, neither his sin, nor the sin of, um, his, parents. of, of his, his parents. But God made him so for people to glorify God. Yeah. Because he can make one who can see and one who cannot. He can make one who can hear and one who cannot. Mm. He can make one who is lame and one who has two straight legs without any any problem. So that is to glorify God. But people don't look at it at all. Now, looking to um, our Muslim brothers and sisters too, um, in Hausa in Hausa land, they always like labeling at us. This label is what is so much eaten deep in us. Mm. Um, for example, a person who is blind is called Mr. Blind, and in Hausa it's called Mala Makaho. <laughs> <laughs> you might say, Makaho. Yeah. How do you think it will, um, it will send um, good communication yeah. to the person who is affected by, by the Makamta or by the blindness? It will make him feel as if he is not even accepted. It will mm-hmm. make him feel as if he, he, he is not wanted among the group that he, he calls his own. Mm. So uh, that, that, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. And most of the times, we don't have support from some of our teachers too. Okay. When I was in, in the schools, from the secondary school to the universities, the teachers will not want to um, show their own concern towards the success of the studies yeah. of persons with uh, visual impairments. Because mm. in many instances at the university, I was denied the right to record lectures. Mm-hmm. They were saying that I would air it on the radio. But I told them <laughs> that my recording of the lectures are for academic purposes, but they would not hearken to me. They would not listen to what I'm saying. Sorry. Rather, they, I shouldn't uh, record their lectures again. Sorry. So I have to take the case to the head of the department of special education, who calls the lecturers concerned and put them to in why we are recording lectures before they allowed us. So that's one of the challenges that I think I face. And most of the challenges are, I mean, other challenges I can I can rightly mention is the distance between one lecture hall and another. Mm, okay. uh, you know, so the university timetable planners don't plan timetable very well. And sometimes we end up having uh, lecture clashes in two mm. different departments. And the lecturers would want you to attend their class, but if you don't, yeah. then my school 
know your attendance is zero. Mm. So how do you do? I mean, are you going to split yourself in half? Mm. So one half going to one department and the yeah. other half yeah. going to another department. It's it's a, it's a total impossibility. Mm. And that's what we so call that's, that's what we call institutional or structural violence because the structure of the yes. school is not uh, designed to suit um, the the challenged students that will be coming in. You know? Yes. So and, so yes. you've you've mentioned yes. structural violence, you've also mentioned um um, attitudinal. attitudinal violence yeah. actually yeah but that, what about the physical yeah. violence like maybe you're working with a guide cane and someone just comes and um, snatches, uh, snatches your, your guide cane from you or um, maybe you're about crossing a drainage system and uh, someone comes and says don't worry just, just go just go just go and you just find yourself in a dish stuff like that have you ever had such experience yeah before? Um, there's something similar. There's something similar. Okay. Especially if I'm if I'm working with a guy chain, mm-hmm. somebody will just come and match on the bottom of the chain and mm. pass by without saying sorry to you. Oh, okay. They will, they will match on it and, and they, they will pass by. Uh, you have nothing to say. And <laughs> many people believe that because of your vision loss, mm. you don't have the power. I mean, even a small child who comes to the world today he can can can. Give you a black and blue bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> imagine how a, a small kid, a little kid, I can say, wow. will just come to and, and utter some useless words and, and run away. You see? And, well, in many instances, many instances, in the resource room I stayed, uh, in, 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 in the schools I attended, okay. I see. So, I mean, this, this sends a very um, strong uh, uh, negative treatment on us, mm. making us to feel, uh, why are we that and that uh, in the special need? Why do you have that special need to be maltreated in this form? So, uh, very, very quickly, we're, we're really um, fast spent our time, but then I want you to talk about, yes, your work experience. You know, I, I'm actually really—I wouldn't say surprised, so to speak—but I'm actually really impressed that um, you are the vice principal admin at your place of work. So, uh, is, is that to say yeah. in Kaduna State there there are more uh, accommodating for, with, for persons with disability right. in, in the workplace? Yes. Right. Um. Uh, what I can say is, uh, there are two of us. There were two of us with visual impairment, one lady and my humble self that were uh, um, assigned that position of vice principal academic and vice principal admin. Uh, we had a, a visitor, the, the daughter of our governor, Haji Fatima Adjimobi. Uh, you know, um, she used to visit the school yeah. and there was a time she donated computers to the school. Okay. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, generators and uh, air conditioners and all this. So she so she witnessed how we are performing in our class, how we um, devise different methods of teaching our fellow um, blind uh, pupils. And uh, she sent to the government that we should be given position 
And that was how we were given the position of a vice principal academic for the lady. And vice principal admin for my humble self. Okay. But that lady has got another change of work. Um, she's now working in a tertiary institution as a lecturer. But okay. I'm still here uh, in the special education school. Uh, Quickly, we're just going to see how we can wrap this up. Because if we should go by your, your experiences and... Um, all you've got to say, uh, trust me, we won't leave here today because personally I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> but then we are, we are time bound. But then let me just ask this quick okay. question before we go. What's, what's your okay. most embarrassing moment as a visually impaired person? Well, my most embarrassing moment is the time that my eyes were hit with a plastic cap. Uh, by a playmate of mine, yeah. Uh, because by then, when when I was born, my parents said that I had what is called um, um, little vision. Uh, okay. But what really made me, yeah, what really made me to go totally blind is the, for the fact that um, a playmate of mine hit my eye okay. with a plastic cup. And I still, anytime she and I meet, I still ring that bell into her ears. And she goes, sort of, oh, you don't forget what is happening. I said, why should I forget? If not for you, I would have been going from here to there myself without seeking sighted assistance. But to God be the glory, I can say, uh, seeing you now, I've gone to the UK, I've, I've progressed in life, but part of my loss of sight, I am able to progress and mm. um, I, have, I have a wife and six kids who are, are always by me. They always want to help me out. So I, I have nothing to do but to show my thanks, my utmost thanks for that matter to the Almighty God. Who wow. me what I am. And you know, our Quran says anybody who is in the condition of visual impairment and he is patient, there's nothing that will prevent him or her from getting to paradise. And wow. I have that belief in that, inshallah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm really, really glad we had you join us today, actually. It's your your story is actually quite different mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. from uh, the previous yeah. we've had, and you know, given the fact that we're actually able to get firsthand that there's actually this disparity between what's obtainable mm. in the West and yeah. what's actually obtainable here. So it's it, yes, it's 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 nice having you here. Um, talk with us today. Thank you very much indeed. Yes. So, so at this point, uh, I'd invite you to join. Follow us on the on our various social media platforms. That's Eloka on the Eclectic on Facebook and Instagram. It's E L O K A O N T H E E C L E C T I C. You can also send us a mail to Eloka on the Eclectic at gmail.com if you have any stories you want to share with us right here. So, Mr. Brian, just before we let you go, finally, do you have any final words for the listener out there? Well, um, I'll tell the listeners, especially those who know the abilities of we persons with vision impairments, that um, give us that trust that we can do something in terms of work or in terms of schooling. Because there are many times when a blind student would want to study a course like mass communication, and just by mere saying that he cannot see, he is denied 
the right to stay in that course. And on the other hand, if a person has the qualification of working as a lecturer, he should be given the chance to uh, not to be looked down on because of his vision impairment. Because I was I was um, uh, a scapegoat in, in that affair because I, I got a job at Federal uh, College of Education uh, Zaria. I was to get a job, so to say, but on seeing that um, I am visually impaired, mm. uh, they denied me. They denied denied me that fact because of my vision impairment. Mm. Even though they commended my result, that my results were outstanding, they, they denied me that um, I should be um, offered admission and um, employment. Sorry, as uh, um, one of the lecturers, because they say they they could not handle somebody with visual impairment. Mm. So um, I pray that you listeners out there will carry that central message across that what the able-bodied could do, we can equally do with some um, necessary modification that is to be made. We can equally equally do it, or we can even outsmart them. As the ladies are saying, what the men can do, a lady can do better. Yeah. So we are um, chanting the same motto, but in a different dimension. You know, yeah. what a sighted person can do, a blind person can do <laughs> even much better. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, most mm. things anyway. So, what what you people can do, we can equally do. I can say, yeah. not even much better in what we can do. There are things that we have to confess that we cannot do. Yeah. That is as a result of the lack of sight, but we can do it. So put, uh, put the trust in us, uh, my dear listeners. We will not put you to shame. We will uplift you people. We will make you trust us. Uh-huh. That's a good close. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Mr. Ibrahim, I will must say thank you for finding the time to come share with us your wealth of experience. It's really glad having you today. Thank you very much indeed. Mm. <laughs> All right, right, people, there you have it. Like I'd always say, remember that disability is your experience and not your limitation. So until next time, when we bring you away another interesting conversation as we carry on with this series on Disability Rights Advocacy Program, you've been hanging out with Eloka. On the clinic, and we'll be strong together.